Welcome to City Harvest Sermon Podcast. Coming up is a word from Pastor Bobby Chow. All right, so let's go quickly into the word as uh, we won't have a lot of time. Now, two weeks ago, uh, I shared with the church from Numbers chapter 11. So today, I'm not going to go continue with Numbers. We're going to sidetrack a little bit, but um, in the same flow. So let me just give a quick recap of what we have learned. Now, in Numbers 11, I talked to you about grumbling. They're right at the start of their wilderness journey. You find that the children of Israel had begun or began to grumble. And they provoke the Lord to anger. Now we learn that grumbling is not a crisis of circumstances, but it is a crisis of faith. And the way to overcome grumbling is faith. Faith overcomes the temptation to grumble. And as faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, you find that devotion to the Word of God is crucial. If you want to stay faithful to the Lord in this journey of life, you've got to make time for the Word of God. So I share with you that we need to be sanctified by the Word on a daily basis. There is a need for us to meditate on the Word and learn to memorize the Word. Just as what John 17, verse 16 to 17, Jesus said, They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. So turn to your neighbor, tell your neighbor, you got to be sanctified by the word of God. So today, let's continue with the theme on the word of God. I want to talk to you this afternoon on responding to the word. Responding to the word. You see, let's look at a story from the Gospel of Luke. You find that the Gospel of Luke has three main sections which record the life and ministry journey of Jesus during that three and a half years. You find that the journey began in Galilee where Jesus called and established the 12 disciples. And after that, he sent them out together with the disciples. Jesus went from town to town, from city to city, preaching the kingdom and healing those who are sick. So you have the journey. But then, after three and a half years of ministry, they end up in Jerusalem. Now, it was in Jerusalem where Jesus was betrayed, crucified, buried, resurrected, and eventually ascended to heaven. So the whole gospel can be looked at in these three sections. Galilee, the ministry journey, and then Jerusalem. You find that the journey is important because the journey very often is more important than the destination. It is the journey of life that makes who you are, not the destination. So just as the children of Israel journeyed in the wilderness, the disciples had a three and a half year journey with Jesus. And on that journey, you find that that is where their values are being shaped. Their attitudes are being refined and their character are being formed. And in in that journey, you find that Jesus very often had meals, makan session together with the disciples. And you find that if you read carefully 
in the Gospel of Luke, there is a total of 10 meals that were recorded. Now, each meal is a lesson on life and ministry that prepares the disciples to navigate successfully through this journey of life. Now, today, I want to look with you at the very first meal. Just like the children of Israel when they started out in their wilderness journey. The very first lesson that Jesus want, wanted to teach disciples happened in Luke chapter 5. Now, in Luke 5, let's look together. Verse 27. It says, After these things, he went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax office. And he said to him, Follow me. So he left all, rose up, and followed him. Then Levi gave him a great feast in his own house. And there were a great number of tax collectors and others who sat down with them. And their scribes and Pharisees complained. Interesting. Right at the very first start of the wilderness journey, the Israelite complained. Here at the very first meal, the Pharisees and the scribes complained against the disciples saying, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Verse 31, Jesus answered and said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Now this passage began with this phrase called, after these things. So after these things, he went to Levi's house and they had a meal together. So the question is that what events preceded these things? You find that there were, if you read carefully in Luke chapter 5, two events happened before that. The first has to do with Jesus calling the disciples. Now Luke 5 began with the story of Simon Peter and his friends fishing by the lake of Gennesaret. Now, Jesus told Simon, launch out into the deep, let down your net for a great catch. But Simon responded to Jesus and said, Master, we have toyed all night and caught nothing. But then Simon said something. He says, but nevertheless, at your word. Everybody say, at your word. He said, nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done, when they had done that, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. And look at verse 8. It says, When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinner. I am a sinful man, O Lord. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. And verse 11, it says, So they had brought their boats to land. They forsook all and followed him. Now, so often, like Simon Peter when Jesus called us, people who are sinners, imperfect people, full of weaknesses and flaws, like Peter, we come before the Lord with trembling and fear. But Jesus has a message in Luke chapter 5 to all, all of us, to sinners, people with weaknesses. He's saying this, do not be afraid. Turn to your neighbor, tell your neighbor, do not be afraid. If you have done wrong, if you have failed, if you have messed up, do not be afraid. Because there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ, Jesus. And you know what? Jesus is faithful. Just as he was at the lake of Gennesaret, then you find that Jesus is the same today. 
And if we confess our sin, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Therefore, when Jesus called us, when the Word of God called us, when you study the Word and the Word convicts us, how should we respond? Do not be afraid. Now, then a second event happened, which has to do with a man full of leprosy who was cleansed. Look at verse 12, Luke 5. It says, And it happened when he was in a certain city, that behold, a man who was full of leprosy saw Jesus, and he fell on his face and implored him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then he put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. Immediately, the leprosy left him. Now, in this incident, you find that Jesus has a message to the unclean. He's saying this to the unclean, I am willing. Friends, you know what? No matter how messed up you are, how dirty you are, you may feel, Jesus will never reject you. He loves you just as you are and He wants you. In fact, God gave us His assurance in Isaiah 41, he said, you are my servant. I have chosen you. Some of us, you may think and say, oh, I've come here this afternoon by chance, an accident. But you know what? God has chosen you. It is a divine appointment. He said, I've chosen you and have not cast you away. Therefore, fear not. Do not be afraid. For I am with you, be not dismayed. For I am your God, I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. What is Jesus trying to tell us? When Jesus, He is the Word of God, when the Word of God calls out to us, how should we respond when He say, come, follow me, come, obey me? How should we respond? Number one, do not be afraid. And you've got to know, number two, that Jesus is always willing. And when you understand this, you will respond like how Simon Peter responded. And he and his friend immediately forsook all and followed him. Likewise, Levi, in his, Levi, it says, he left all, rose up and followed him. What is the message in Luke chapter 5 to us? You see, when Jesus, the Word of God, calls out to us, when the Word of God convicts us, corrects us, admonishes us, how should we respond? One word, repentance. Repentance. Everybody say repentance. You see, you must be willing to leave behind, forsake all, forsake all, leave behind the previous lifestyle, the previous habits and thinking. Rise up and move toward a whole new direction. You see, discipleship begins with repentance. If you want to follow Jesus in this life journey and be a disciple of the Word, you must be willing to repent. You see, the Greek word for repentance is the word metanoia, metanoia which means a change of mind. Everybody say, a change of mind. So you must be willing to change the way you think, to align the way you think with Jesus and with the Word of God. That is why Romans 12 verse 2 says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and the perfect will 
of God. Why is this change of thinking so important? Because Proverbs 23 says, For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. You see, our life will never change unless our thinking changes. And change is the only constant in life. But the problem with us human beings is that we often resist change. People like the familiar. People embrace what is comfortable. We are afraid to change. We are afraid maybe because of the unknown, maybe because of the untested, or maybe because of the fear of failure. Now, this fear to change often cripples us and keeps us from reaching our God-given destiny. If you want to move into the promised land, if you want to move on in this journey of life, you must be willing to change. If you, are not, if you are unwilling to change, your life will never grow. So turn to your neighbor, tell your neighbor, you must be willing to change. Amen. You see, earlier this week, this week I've been uh, uh, going to different island. I just came back from, this morning from Sentosa Island. No, I was preaching in uh, uh, MJ Zone Youth Camp. But earlier this week, in, um, on Monday, Tuesday, I was in uh, Malaysia. I went to Patupahat to preach in a Chinese youth conference organized by one of our SOT graduates. Now, there I met some Bible school graduates who were from the year 2002 and 2003. This is like 16, 15, 16 years ago. Now, so they are all-time SOT graduates. When they saw, when we saw each other, we were so shocked. No? So they, they, they told me, hey, pastor, you came alone huh, this time. So they asked me, where is your Chinese interpreter? I told them, well, you know what? I don't need a, an interpreter anymore. I can preach in Chinese. Oh, they were so shocked. <laughs> so they were so shocked. They said, oh, be why? Because back then in 2003, I had never preached or prayed in Chinese. My Chinese was, ter was terrible. I still remember in 2000, 2003, I was invited to go to the Chinese, our, Chinese, our own Chinese service to give a testimony because I shared it in English service, so they want to duplicate it. So I shared it in a Chinese service in Jurong West. After I finished sharing my testimony, I come out from the stage. That time, Pastor Tan turned to me and asked me, what happened? What happened? Why you go up? What, did, what were you saying? Nobody understood what I was saying. No wonder after that, for many years, they never invited me back, even to share a testimony. My Chinese was terrible. It was so bad. When I was in secondary school, that my Chinese teacher used to call me a disgrace to the Chinese race. But you know what? In 2005, in one of the mission trips to China, while I was preaching in English with a Chinese interpreter, the Lord spoke to me. The Lord asked me, do you love my Chinese church? I said, of course. Then he said, then from now on, you have to preach in Chinese. I said, why? I have interpreter. <laughs> there was a scripture that became my guiding, my guiding principle. It is that be all things to all men. Be all things to all men. And I begin to renew my mind. I say, oh God. But I'm a disgrace to the Chinese race. But that is an old mindset. If I want to move on in this journey of life, I must be willing to 
change. Repentance is a change of mind. So when Jesus calls you, when you study the Word, when you read the Bible and the Word speaks to you, what is your response? You must be willing to repent a change of mind. Yes, you will cry. I cry. I struggled. But you know what? I overcame that fear and started learning to preach in Chinese because Jesus said, come, follow me. I say, I forsook all. I forsake all. And yes, I will come. <laughs> Repentance is the key to move on if you want to become a disciple of Jesus Christ. Responding to the word. In Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7, it says, Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says today, if you will to hear His voice, do not harden your hearts as in a, in a rebellion, in a day of trial in the wilderness. When the Lord speaks to you, when the Word of God convicts you, do not harden your hearts. Now notice, the children of Israel had already come out of Egypt. They have already come out of the kingdom of darkness, no longer in Satan's dominion. But yet, in the new journey in the wilderness with the Lord, where there is the pillar of cloud by day, the pillar of fire by night, that lead them on a daily basis. The Word of God requires them to change continuously. In other words, repentance is not just for the non-believers. Repentance is for everyone. Because it has to do with a change of mind. Are you with me? Turn to your neighbor, tell your neighbor you've got to change. You see, like the Israelites, many Christians today, although they have come out from the past, but their mindset is still in the past. Repentance is the change of mind that will result in a change of action. The danger of many believers today is that they have what I call a safe heart, but a pagan mind. So they say, I believe in Jesus. I will follow him. So they left. Egypt, but their mind is still in Egypt. As such, their lives didn't change. Because the only way your life can change is when your thinking changes. Apostle Paul said this in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11. He says, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I become a man, or I became a man, I put away childish things. So there must be a putting away of the old thinking, the way you speak, the way you understood, the way you think. You must be willing to put them away. Are you with me? I, I learned this when I, was a, when I was a new believer. I became a Christian when I was uh, 14, uh, 16 years old, sec four. Now, but by then, uh, you know what? In, in, our, in, in my class, uh, I have a best friend. He, he, uh, we, we used to hang out together. Now, during that time, he, he had a girlfriend. So, if my best friend has a girlfriend, I also need to have a girlfriend, right? So, so same thing. So, go out, no? Like. So, he had a girlfriend. So, I thought to myself, oh, then I better have a girlfriend. So, I, I tried to go out with a girl in a class. So, we went out, the, the girl in the class. We, I still remember we went to McDonald's. And the very first date, she gave me a Bible. Because she's Christian. I'm non-Christian. Give me a Bible, I read the Bible, I become saved. And I became on fire for the Lord. So I realized, I came to church, I realized what I was doing was just playing games. 
that I'm not serious in any relationship. I'm just playing games so that I can be trendy, cool, so that my friend have a girlfriend, I also have a girlfriend, everybody have a girlfriend, whoo! <laughs> but when I become a Christian, I realize that I cannot muck around. That relationship, I cannot treat relationship as games. I cannot play around with people's feelings. So I was 16 years old. So 15 years old, sec three, I got to know her. But at 16 years old, I became a Christian. So I, one day I pick up the phone. I call her. I say, I say, you know what? We are young. We're only 16 years old. I say, now I'm safe. I'm on fire for the Lord. You're a Christian. I'm Christian. Why don't let's give our youth 100% for Jesus Christ? Let's lay down our life for the Lord. Let's build the kingdom of God. We are only young ones. Let's live for Jesus Christ. So I told her, I said, I'm so sorry. I cannot go on in a relationship with you anymore. So please forgive me. All those words I tell you, please forgive me. I'm not serious. I repent. And I say, are you good? She said, okay. I said, wow, praise the Lord. I'm free. <laughs> but you know, I was 16. But I decided that day that I will no longer be a child. I want to grow up to be a man. Because maturity does not come with age, but maturity comes with the ability to accept responsibility. And once you decide, you change. You put away childish things and you grow up. The only way for us to grow up is to change the old way of thinking. So Jesus went on. Look at Luke chapter 5. Let's go back. Verse 30. See, but when that happened, notice the scribes and the Pharisees complained. Everybody say complained. So when, when they decide to change, the Pharisees and scribes complained against his disciples saying, why do you eat and drink with the tax collectors and the sinners? Now this is very interesting because they were all in the tax collector's house. So the scribes and the Pharisees were present there in the tax collector's banquet. But they are criticizing Jesus for eating and drinking with the tax collectors and sinners while they are also eating and drinking with the tax collectors. With the tax collectors. So this is the hypocrisy that they have. But these scribes and Pharisees were probably those who have heard Jesus and they have started following Christ. But yet their mindset had not changed yet. Their mindset was still in the past. So they say we cannot eat with the tax collectors. They are unclean, they are unholy. As such, they complained. Now if you are not willing to change, when the word of God convicts you, you know what? You will end up complaining and resisting God. So when, when, when people are complaining, many times it's because of their unwillingness to change. But look at how Jesus responded. Look at verse 31. It says, Jesus answered and said to them, those who are well have no need of the physician, but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. You know what, friends? The truth is, everyone needs to repent, whether righteous or sinners. Why? Because Jesus, Jesus is saying this, yes, Levi, the tax collectors, needs to repent. But you guys, scribes and Pharisees, also need to change your mindset because we need to grow. At every stage of life, we need to grow. So the Bible says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So sometimes we fall short of God's standard. We need to grow. We need to change. And Jesus went on to tell 
Two parables to illustrate his point. Look at verse 36, Luke 5. It says, Then he spoke a parable to them. No one puts a piece from a new garment on an old one. Otherwise, the new makes a tear. And also the piece that was taken out of the new does not match the old. Verse 37, And no one puts new wine into old wine skins. Or else the new wine will burst and the wine skins will be spilled and the wine skins will be ruined. Verse 38, But new wine must be put into new wine skins and both are preserved. And no one having drunk old wine immediately desires new, for he says the old is better. You know what? He spoke of two parables. One has to do with the mending of the garments. You see, you don't use a piece of new cloth to mend an old garment. Why? Because the new cloth has not been treated yet. As such, when you washed it and dry it, it will string. And when it strings, it tears the old garment that you use it to, put, to, to, to mend it. And the, the entire garment will be destroyed. Likewise, for the new wine in old wine skin. You see, new wine in the process of fermentation will burst the old wine skins, which are not strong enough to resist the strength of the fermenting fluid. So, to those people who are familiar with sewing and, and with, us, with, with the wine making, when they heard Jesus' parables, they were appalled. They were saying, oh, stop, 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 stop. Please, please don't do that. Because the moment you, you use a new piece of cloth on an old garment, you're going to destroy it. If you use new wine in an old white skin, you will destroy it. They say, oh, stop. You can't do that. So what was the purpose of these two parables? Jesus was trying to tell them, beware, be careful. If not, your loss will be great. You know what, friends? Because of a little procrastination to change, carelessness to change, giving yourself excuses to change, your loss can be great. And the experts are saying, no, stop. Everybody says, stop. You know what, today, the direction of life that you're heading towards, the habits that, and the lifestyle that you're, that, you're, that you're living by, it's not in line with the Word of God. There's one word for you, stop. Because if you continue, the loss can be great. Church, you know what, so often, we meet people who already know that if they continue in certain path and lifestyle, the end will be destruction. But yet, people procrastinate. They hesitate to change. And God has been speaking to, to their hearts. The Word of God has been reminding them again and again. And the experts are saying, stop, turn around, change. You know what? Wendell Berry says this in a university. He said this, the great obstacle is simply this. The conviction that we cannot change because we are dependent upon what is wrong. But that is the addict's excuse. And we know that it will not do. You know what? The addicts, those who are addicted, addiction, those addicts, the excuse is that I cannot change because I'm depending on, dependent on this. He said that kind of mindset is a great obstacle. Today, if you were to hear his voice, do not harden your heart. See, this is man's weakness. Man's weakness is what 
Jesus said in verse 39, he says, no one having drunk old wine immediately desires the new, for he says, the old is better. Man's weakness is often, we are not willing to change because we often say, you know what, the old is better. The old song is better, right? The old car is better. The old is better. But if God is speaking, today you are to hear his voice. Won't, won't you repent? This reminds me of an old story of a man who kept a monkey as a pet in his house. Oh, the man loved the monkey. But the monkey has a problem because the monkey has a long tail. And every time the monkey jumps around, the tail keeps hitting the vase and, and breaking the vase, breaking the glasses, breaking stuff in the house. So the man was not willing to give the monkey away. He wants to keep the monkey. So he thought, he thought to himself, so how can I solve this problem to keep the pet, but yet keep all the precious stuff in, in the house intact? So he thought of an idea. You know what? I'm going to chop off the tail of the monkey so that I can have a monkey without the tail. But he, when he took the knife and he wanted to chop off the tail, he was... Very hesitant. Because what if I cut the tail of the monkey's screen in pain? If he is in pain, I'm in pain. When his heart breaks, I have my heart break. So he talked to himself, okay, okay. How this is what I'm going to do? I'm not going to chop off the tail at one shot. I'm going to chop it in small pieces. So that the pain is not so great. Because to let go at once is very painful. Why don't we let go one at a time? You know what? That is exactly how we human beings very often behave. You know that this life, this lifestyle, this habit is destroying your life. And you know that the, God is speaking to lop it off, chop it off. But you say, but it's too painful. So what do you do? You chop it one small piece at a time. But which is more destructive? The experts are saying, stop. Change. Repentance is a change of mind. And in conclusion, I want to encourage you that if you are willing to repent, if you are willing to change your mind, the Bible says that we will receive grace from the Lord. Look at Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Then Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Repent and receive the grace of the Holy Spirit. Friends, do not be afraid. Don't be afraid to change. Jesus says to the sinners, don't be afraid. I am, he said, I am willing. I'm willing to help you. I will help you. I will strengthen you. I will uphold you. I will not cast you away. I'll uphold you with my righteous right hand. But how do you respond to the word? Repent. In Chinese, you're willing to let go. Is it God for you? Amen? Not only that, if you repent, number two, repent and receive revelation and guidance. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 23 says, Repent at my rebuke, then I will pour out my thoughts to you. I will make known to you my teachings. When you are willing to change, Suddenly, heaven opens up. His voice becomes clear. His thoughts becomes your thoughts. 
His teachings suddenly become so crystal clear because you're willing to change. When God speaks, how do we respond? When Jesus calls, come, follow me. Come, obey me. How do we respond? You must be willing to forsake all. Forsake the old habits. Forsake the whole thinking. Forsake the old mindset. Say, Jesus, whatever it takes, I am willing to come. And when you do that, His grace comes. Supernatural grace. Strength comes. Help comes. He upholds you. Amen? Let's give the Lord a big hand clap. Amen. <laughs> hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. Y'all learn something? Shall we all stand to our feet? Hallelujah. This afternoon, won't you look to the Lord? Jesus is here. Right from the start of the service. Jesus is here. Because you'll never, He will never cast you away. He said, do not be afraid. Fear not, my child. Fear not, my child. I will not cast you away. I am willing. But, see, but, but Jesus, I messed up. I am unclean like the leper. So many times I want to change, but I keep procrastinating. I keep hesitating. And Jesus, look at me. Today, my life is in a mess. He said, do not be afraid, my child. I am willing, my child. And if you are willing, I will come with my grace, with the power of the Holy Spirit. I will make known my ways to you. I'll pour my thoughts into your hearts. Church, would you just leave your hands and talk to Jesus this morning, this afternoon?
eyes are closed this afternoon. I wonder how many of us here, you know that there are areas of your life that God has been speaking to you. Maybe it's an area to change, to, to take on a new project, to do something different. Maybe like me, the voice of God comes, there's a challenge to speak in Chinese, to preach in Chinese. But you procrastinate. You hesitate. You say, God, is impossible. I'm already so old. What can I do? Maybe some of us, God is speaking to you to go back to school. I say, but God, I've given up on my studies. But the voice of God keeps challenging you. Won't you rise up? Won't you forsake all? Forsake that old mindset? I say, but God, I can't. I failed so many times. Won't you be willing to put aside that old mindset and say, Jesus, your word is enough. Your promise is enough. Your voice is enough. I will obey. Maybe some of us, there are areas of struggles, bad habits. That God has been speaking to you again and again. Each time when you study the Word, read the Bible, you come to church, the same conviction comes to your heart. And you've been putting it away, procrastinating, hesitating. But this afternoon, when you say, Jesus, I respond, I will repent. I will change my mind. I will have a change of heart. I will change my direction. Your grace is sufficient for me. Your power is made perfect in my weaknesses. This afternoon, I'm asking for the gift of the Holy Spirit. I'm asking for the gift of grace. This afternoon, I'm asking you, O Lord, that you open up heaven and you pour your thoughts into my heart and you pour your divine grace, guidance, revelation into me. I am willing to change. If that's you, wherever you are, no matter, no matter what God is speaking to you, if that's you, won't you lift both hands to the Lord and church for the next one minute, won't you pray? Won't you call on the name of the Lord? That's right, those in the overflow room, you pray, you cry out to the Lord. There is a divine grace here, there is a power of the Holy Spirit here. There is a cutting away of the all even right now. It is like a fresh baptism. A fresh baptism coming on your life. That just as you go into the water, you're baptized. The old dies. But then, then you rise from the water in the resurrection power and life of the Holy Spirit. I want you to receive the resurrection life. Receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit. 
destiny is great his grace is sufficient for you his power is made perfect in your weaknesses amen we hope you've been blessed by the message if you have a testimony to share write to us at connect at chc.org.sg